0: Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, changing of the guard in investigative journalism. For a while now, the world of big investigative reporting has been a kind of rarefied world. It's been dominated um, by a few organizations, tend to be on the coast, of both coasts. And there's been a little bit of remove from readers on a lot of this kind of reporting. This week, um, in the last couple of weeks, actually, there's been a lot of movement in this area. We've had now new editors named at the Marshall Project, at the Center for Investigative Reporting, and most recently at the Center for Public Integrity, um, where our new guest will serve as the new head. It's Susan Smith-Richardson. She's here, and I'm very happy to talk to her. Hi, Susan.
1: Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm thrilled that you're here. Congratulations. Congratulations.
1: And thank
0: you. I'm excited. Susan and I have, um, have some common roots. We both worked for the Austin American Statesman back, um, is it about 1,000 years ago?
1: Oh, yeah, at, at least, maybe 1,005. And, five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we, we worked together on a conference in Chicago when um, Susan was the editor of the Chicago Reporter, and I was at CJR then, and we did a thing about um, the coverage of crime in Chicago, and it was great to work together.
1: Yes, it was, and I remember too. This was the week of uh, of the Trump election.
0: I know it was the week after or the week before.
1: Yeah, the week. No, it, it was the week after. Yeah. So we had a, a really uh, probably a bigger conversation than we bargained for when the program was first planned.
0: And look, and look what's happened since. And now we're yeah. we're here in the middle of this conversation, the day after this really, um, monumental, um, election in Chicago, right? I mean, how does it feel to be about to make a move?
1: Every time it seems that I am thinking about leaving Chicago or actually leaving, there's some deep sea change. So I left, uh, right after Ron Emanuel was first elected mayor, what um, more than four years ago. And I just left, well, actually eight years ago, and I just left briefly, but I remember thinking, my goodness, you know, I am I keep leaving at these really interesting moments in the city's history. Mm-hmm. And now with this happening, which certainly is historic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, it also opens up some interesting questions about how complex identity, race, and representation
0: truly are. Well, this is a great opportunity that you're walking into. I mean, um, you've d- just just walk us through a bit. You your roots are in um, local news at the. Um, oh, yes. I, I mentioned the Statesman. That you were at the Texas Observer, the Chicago Tribune. Um, what, and then um, the Chicago Reporter. What drew you to an organization like the Center for Public Integrity?
1: Oh, well, you know, it's just got a wonderful legacy. And it's an opportunity. If we're in a moment in Chicago, I think nationally, we're at a really interesting time. And I think the experience I have 30 years in local journalism really has some value for a national conversation. You know, uh, I guess earlier this month or last month, I was at the Knight Media Forum And the entire conversation there is always about, you know, local journalism, and there's kind of this statement that local means trust. And, you know, as I really reflected on that in deciding, you know, whether or not to step forward for the CPI job, you know, I thought there is a lot that we learn doing local journalism about relationships with communities and how information Is valued and used by people that I think really is important too for national organizations like like CPI to to benefit from and when I began to realize that a lot of that experience is really valuable on a national level and also the importance of moving outside of you know we often get stuck in our silos if you are based in Washington your universe, your center of the universe can be Washington. Mm -hmm. Now, there are obvious reasons why that's true and relevant in many ways, but oftentimes you're only talking to people who are in the room that you're in, and often that room isn't as representative as the country. So for me, being able to take kind of a local sensibility of how those national issues play out in communities across the country and how communities across the country Drive and shape what is playing out nationally. It's it's just a wonderful opportunity to bring a different lens to to the coverage and one that I hope will help to create kind of more authentic, meaningful, and resonant investigative journalism.
0: And and as I talked about, I mean, I I, I do think that there's there's a perception and I think a reality that that you know that as bad of a diversity problem as journalism has, um, it's even worse when it comes to investigative reporting and oh, that, yeah. and that um, it, it, that there is a there is this sort of remove um, and distance um, when it comes to investigative reporting between the outlets and, and their audiences. Is that, why, why is that? You
1: know, it's funny. Um, that's, that's a million-dollar question, but I will give you a two-dollar answer. Right? I, I do think a lot of what happens in in investigative journalism is is you know in all seriousness is not really disconnected from larger issues of I prefer to say inclusion and power mm-hmm. when it comes to who controls the narratives in newsrooms. Mm-hmm. You know we know we've been around for a while. Um, these are not – this is not a new issue. Newsrooms still address that in different ways, but yes. So if you have a problem there, you are going to have a problem in, in I guess, what I'll call specialty and sometimes highly coveted areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like national news, um, foreign news, journalism in particular. So if you have one problem, you're, it's, it's just – Perhaps going to be more acute in other areas. So we've already got a problem. I think in investigative journalism, um, there you know there are a couple of things. Some of it is who 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 gets to work in that space. Right. I think there is, and there are many many factors. But let me really pick on one thing, and I can talk about that a lot from my own experience as a black woman who led an investigative news organization in Chicago that had a long history of of you know, Asian Americans uh, and now uh, Latino people of color leading it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, that I found is, is just simply this. We do a disconnect between kind of the tools of investigative journalism and what it takes to just simply do the old school reporting. There's, there are spreadsheets, and that's really important for data analysis, but there's also the, the street. Mm -hmm. And I mean that to be the place where you report, observe, see, and connect. I think so much of the kind of there is a technology worship to some extent Mm -hmm. in data journalism that really creates a culture in which there is a divorce from what one can observe and learn from being out and about in communities.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We keep forgetting that you know, data is a source. Mm -hmm. It's the questions we ask of it. And our questions, as in all human endeavors, are going to be informed by our life experience. And in the best of times, they should be informed by the reporting that we're, we're doing that has nothing to do with what simply just the data.
0: Yeah, that's I so, think the it,
1: best questions come from having been out there and having an understanding in a bigger way of communities. And I think that's really important with the questions that get asked in relation to communities of color and how the questions are, of course, framed.
0: That's so interesting. I hadn't really thought about the, you, you this term data worship. I think it's so right and it's so apt. And I think it creates a, um, there's a coldness Mm-hmm. to some of this mm-hmm. reporting, and, and it's kind of airless, error, um, I see. And, and there's a real, like, I mean, I'm in this business, and a lot of this work is amazing, but I, even I sometimes have to, I sort of sigh, and I'm like, okay, i got to read this. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? You
1: know, yeah. I, I think what happens, too, is, and this is one aspect of really a big question, So I want to keep emphasizing that. But I think one thing that happens is that there's, you know, this big barrier to entry, um, which is, well, you've got to to know and understand this, this, and this. And I think that, you know, certainly there's a clear skill set and tools, and I can't do what my last data editor could do, and that's why he was there. But I still think we have to appreciate and understand the connection between just the reporting this is about having a deeper contextual understanding of what's happening in communities and and how that has to inform the data analysis and thinking in in terms of what you do with your spreadsheet mm-hmm. or or you know what queries you do mm-hmm. and that to me is is a huge disconnect. It's the question you know the question you ask will determine the answer you uh-huh. get right uh-huh. so. We don't know what we don't know. And you can ask all of the essentially not the core questions. So this means to me when we bring it back to a question of inclusion in the space, there's a lived experience that, you know, I will have as a black woman that may make me ask a different set of questions Mm -hmm. uh, when I look at some data.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's valuable. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's part of the importance of this conversation that perspective and lived experience matter in determining how we go about even de- uh, deciding what investigation we could do let alone the questions that gets asked of the data
0: mm. for people who aren't that familiar with CPI its a nonprofit tell us a little bit about its history and and sort of where it's been spending most of its time
1: the organization is turning 30 which is a uh, to you and I, perhaps young, um, but anyway, yes. an important age, right? And um, the organization was was founded by Chuck Lewis, um, who was formerly with 60 Minutes. You know, and a really a very bold and, and truly, I, I would argue, visionary and ahead of its time in understanding the importance of not allowing commercial interest to really take us wherever we needed to go with an investigation uh, as journalists. And so the center has been around really, you know, standing for public accountability journalism. We're at a point now where we really need to rethink not the premise, not the mission, but how we do what we do, both in combination with the world has changed, the nation has changed, and, of course, who are the community, the communities for The organization as well as the demographics of the country are changing and we're in the middle of some very interesting challenging and I would argue quite different conversations than we were um, 30 years ago Mm -hmm. now that's not to say that some of the issues that we can talk about in a minute shouldn't have been talked about 30 years ago but we're certainly in a moment right now between disinformation disaffection with institutions um, you know, a real contention over over power, representation, and race, uh, playing out through a whole in a whole bunch of ways. We're in a really critical moment. So for all of us in the industry, it's important to kind of rethink how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And for CPI at 30, it's it's an important time to sit and reflect on how it does its journalism and how it gets it out to folks both. You know, people who who may be in Washington, but also really thinking about how to get it out and make it uh, have it connect Mm -hmm. with people across the country.
0: And how do you know that, you know, CJR is a nonprofit, too, which sounds Mm -hmm. which sounds great in this climate. And it is. But it's still (laughs) it's still it's a competitive you're still competing for Mm -hmm. funds um, from from these other um, nonprofit organizations investigative reporting outfits, just like we're competing for funds with Mm -hmm. other people. Um, So how do you think about, how how do you, how do you differentiate the center? Like, what is its, Mm -hmm. you talked about Lane. Um, Mm -hmm. What is its Lane versus um, the Center for Investigative Reporting versus the Marshall Mm -hmm. Project versus the, versus ProPublica? I don't want you to differentiate between all of those, but just in general, (laughs) how do you think about, like, what's the pitch for, for CPI?
1: yeah no, you know uh obviously I've thought a lot about this uh, i think I think there are a couple of things just just off the top that that hit me right away um spending time looking at the organization one is um it's its expertise and its work around money and politics mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty distinct lane mm-hmm. um, the second one would be two ways and and I would also say an asset but sometimes not an asset, so it's a mixed blessing if it's location I mean full location in Washington DC, because there is a certain level of access that can be valuable, but it can also um it, it can also be a negative if you're not mindful of how to use the asset of geography as I call it. Mm-hmm. And uh the third thing is the because of the money in politics and just looking at Rebuilding a core or reinvigorating the core. There's a, there's a, a wonderful opportunity to be able to share that kind of expertise and data with states at a time mm-hmm. when state house reporting, as we know it's like, please, we there there is just limited, limited, limited. And in some places, I would argue, no coverage of state house and state government. I think it's also important to look at the other things you have when you have a, a legacy organization. Um, and that means that there are some folks who've been around for a while who really know their stuff,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, I think you need to look at those areas of coverage, whether it's workers' rights or immigration and the context that can be brought by um, experienced reporters or the environment and determine um, how you can better own and and really set the agenda in areas where you already have a tremendous amount of strength mm. and a lot of that is thinking about how we do the work.
0: You know what's amazing the um, neither of us has uttered the word Trump in this conversation yet. Um, how which is which is lovely. Um, mm-hmm. how much um, as we as we move into an election year do you think that CPI's work is going to focus on on the na- national politics?
1: Let's just look at the interesting uh, the interesting dynamics playing out right now or what we've been dealing with, especially in, I don't know, let's go back to the midterms. It's a really interesting movement on the part of, you know, candidates of color, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at the bench for the Democratic Party, which is, is really fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What I would like to do, rather than say, well, we're going to do this, that, and the other, I have some broad ideas, and, and it comes down to me to really thinking about this election. If you look at Congress now and you look at um, the, the supporters behind the president, if you think about all this, there's a bigger way to kind of frame what's happening. And, and I would argue that we're at a moment where we are talking about uh, a conflict that's playing along these intersections, race, gender politics and power. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And, you know, money is, of course, a a, a part of that. But I think we're at this interesting intersection. I think it's important before saying, well, we're going to do this, that and the other and getting really, really uh, tactical about it is to kind of pull back and look at kind of the the bigger dynamic and name it and own it. Mm -hmm. And then I think the coverage needs to flow from uh, a, a much more Thoughtful and almost systemic approach to this. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to, you know, to, to that it's the obvious one. And even this happens with investigative journalism to get caught in smaller pieces. Mm-hmm. But it's important to sit with this and think about the the bigger issues, which I think are about the identity of the country.
0: Well, Susan, I wish you um, great success. Um and it it it'll be it'll be great fun and what a what a time to be um to be doing this um, thanks so much for coming on
1: Oh, well thank you for inviting me
0: thank you um you can read an interview with Susan Smith Richardson on cgr.org um, all about her move to the Center for Public Integrity and and about the other changes in the investigative journalism world and everything else um going on at cgr including our latest Uh, stories from our latest print issue, which is about how others see journalism, is also on our site, and hopefully in your mailbox if you're a subscriber. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.